Welcome to the new Doxinopod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Doxinopod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. Well, thank you for joining us today on Doxinopod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. Dr. Perry is an associate medical director at WellMed. She oversees several large clinics in the Optum Care in North Texas region, the southern sector for that region. Dr. Perry earned her undergraduate degree from Prairie View A&M University, went on to graduate from Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, where she was a National Health Service course scholar. She completed her family medicine residency at Methodist Charlton Medical Center, where she served as chief resident. Dr. Perry is board certified by the American Osteopathic Board of Family Physicians, subsequently earned a master's in public health with an emphasis in health management and policy at the University of North Texas Health Science Center. And Dr. Perry, as always, it is great to have you with us. Thank you, Ron. I am excited about today's topic, kidney health, because this affects so many Americans in so many aspects. It's interesting because we recently talked about how diabetes affects your body. And one of the things you talked about uh, is how diabetes slams the kidneys. It does. The kidneys, you know, they try to overwork themselves by getting that excess sugar out of the blood. In addition, the actual sugar itself damages the kidneys. But our, our esteemed guest today will enlighten us on aspects of kidney health. Well, let's welcome uh, Dr. Richard Viafana. Uh, Dr. Fana is a well-met medical director here in San Antonio, Texas, where we originate docs in a pod. He was in practice for 35 years, earned his medical degree from the University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio, now UT Health. He went on to complete his family practice residency at Southwest General Hospital at the University of Texas Health Science Center in Houston, Texas. Dr. Viafana is board certified in family medicine. And Richard, thank you so much for joining us on Docs in a Pod. It's my pleasure to be here. So let us talk first about the kidneys. People, when I say kidney, uh, they immediately think of the shape, the kidney bean. Most of us, if we're lucky, we have two working kidneys. Tell us about them. What role does the kidney play in our bodies? Well, its primary goal is to eliminate waste products from the blood and balance the electrolytes that are in the blood, such as your sodium and potassium, the two major electrolytes in the blood. Uh, it, but it's also um, important to regulate um, volume control, uh, how much blood and how much fluid is in your body. And it also plays a role in helping build red blood cells. So it's a very, very, or they are very, very important organs. And they play a role in uh, blood pressure as well, do they not? They do. They do. They work in, in tandem with your heart to control your blood pressure. Uh, so if the blood pressure becomes out of control, um, the kidneys suffer. And when the kidneys suffer, the heart suffer and vice versa. And from what I understand, my limited knowledge, not being a doctor, uh, you can have kidney issues and not know it. That's true. That's why it's important to um, have regular health checkups with your primary care physician. Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of like the uh, um, silent killer that's been attached to uh, um, hypertension. There are very few symptoms until the disease has already progressed very far. 
fact, when I was a kid growing up, that's the way uh, blood pressure was often referred to as the silent killer. Yeah, it, it's got, it's uh, deserved its name. Um, it's um, very, very few um, symptoms occur in hypertension until it's very far advanced. You may get early symptoms such as headache, uh, but uh, uh, for the large part, you don't know you have hypertension. You are usually told by your um, physician, or maybe you might go down to the drugstore and use one of those automatic blood pressure machines and find out that it's not within normal limits. Uh, and that's the time to go to your PCP, right, Dr. Perry? Absolutely. Um, so as far as your kidney health is concerned, you know, nobody ever comes in and says, I think my kidneys are failing. You know, when they come in, they're like, you know what, I, I don't use the bathroom as much as I used to, or my urine looks funny. But like um, the, the, the good doctor said, we're kind of chasing our tail at that point. So we want to know ahead of time what's going on with the kidneys. And like the doctor will tell us, what can cause these issues that go on with the kidneys? And let's talk about that. But first, for those who may have just joined us, let me tell you, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed, comes to you every week with a look at a variety of medical issues as they affect us. And Dr. Richard Viafana is our special guest today, a WellMed medical director. We're talking about kidney disease and kidney issues. What are some of the things, Dr. Viafana, that can affect your kidneys? Well, primarily the, the major uh, problem that can uh, affect the kidneys is uncontrolled blood pressure. Uh, that in tandem with diabetes are the, probably the two major factors in uh, develop, development and progression of kidney disease. Uh, so uh, as Dr. Perry, um, I'm sure was speaking about in the prior um, episode, uh, diabetes um, really does slam the kidneys. As she said, um, the uncontrolled sugar in the blood makes the kidneys uh, work much, much harder to eliminate uh, the sugar, and uh, they suffer. And, and is that reversible? Uh, uh, there is a certain degree that you can recover some kidney function that may have been impaired, but it all depends on controlling blood pressure and controlling the sugar levels. Uh, because as I'm sure Dr. Perry mentioned, uh, diabetes is caused by malfunction or non-production of insulin. Now, I know uh, uh, we know of many people who have ended up either donating a kidney to somebody or who have lost a kidney. We, we only need one kidney. Is that right? Yes, uh, you only need one to function and to survive. But obviously, it's better to have two than one. And it's, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned um, that people lose kidneys. Um, and as a, as a personal example, I want to mention that uh, my own niece, who um, is still in her 20s, uh, developed kidney disease. Uh, and it was a silent development. She wasn't sure what happened. And to this very day, uh, I haven't been able to get any information from the family. My brother's kind of private. Uh, but she developed kidney disease in her 20s, uh, went into kidney failure, and had to get a transplant and has had another transplant. She's had two kidney transplants and she is still in her 20s. And she was lucky enough to be able to get a transplant. She was. She had uh, one donor from a cousin and another donor who just happened to be a 
uh, perfect uh, genetic match. Wow. So interesting she, be, because there are she, more people on the list needing kidneys than than get kidneys. Right. That match has to that the match has to be pretty dang close. And so and she and, and she was fortunate that she saw presumably her doctor on a regular basis. So she, they can kind of identify, hey, something's going on. It's more than just diabetes and high blood pressure by far. That is those are the common entities that affect your kidneys. But there's also things like IgA nephropathy, where your body makes antibodies to attack your kidneys. Lupus can cause kidney disease. Certain medications that we we take on a regular basis affect the kidneys. Ibuprofen, most naproxen leave people from those companies please don't get me but however we all know that those medicines in regular or large quantities can decrease the efficiency of your kidneys so be very true yes and when you say regular visits to your doctor uh, i i know with uh, blood tests looking for a1c uh, for risk of diabetes what are the kidney tests you're looking at in a blood test well, this, the simplest one to look at is the serum creatinine levels, uh, but that's uh, also kind of been supplanted by uh, looking at something that's more specific, which is called a creatinine clearance um, level. Uh, and that's a very good indicator of uh, how, how healthy the kidneys are, and it's a good measuring stick um, to measure if there's progression of kidney disease. Now, is that a blood test or a urine test? Uh, It's a blood test and a urine test. It's kind of a combination of both. And you're talking about creatinine clearance. What what is creatinine? Creatinine is a byproduct of muscle breakdown. And it measures how how well your kidneys kind of clear that out. We also look at a number called the glomerular filtration rate. And that's a speed, you know, it's a calculated value based on your blood test to tell me how efficiently the glomeruli or the little engines inside your kidneys are filtering your blood to make urine. So we want that speed at a certain rate. We want it at a certain number. And when it drops below that, do we say, was a person dehydrated the day they took the test? Is there something else going on? And depending on a degree that it drops below that ideal number, we start to say, hey, we really need to intervene. And this is how we need to intervene. It's interesting, uh, Dr. Viafana, we talk about people need to hydrate. Why is water so important to your kidneys? Well, the kidneys function, one of their primary functions, of course, is to maintain fluid balance. So if there's not enough fluid flowing through the kidneys, the glomeruli stop working. And if the glomeruli stop working, uh, those are the the tiny uh, little uh, tubules and and cells in the kidneys that are actually responsible for maintaining the electrolyte and the fluid balance. If there's not enough blood flow from hydration uh, going through the kidneys, then the kidneys can uh, get damaged. Yeah, it's like the old joke about uh, the vacuum bottle, the thermos bottle. How does it know to keep something warm or keep something cold? How do the glomerulites know? Uh, how much liquid is there and how to do their job. They have certain sensors, uh, for lack of a better word, that measure um, how much electrolyte is in in the blood and how much volume. They have volume um, sensors as well. So uh, it's pretty detailed, but they, you know, they, for lack of a better word, they have a regular regulatory um, system within uh, the kidneys um, that um, kind of control where you are with your, um, with your fluid and, and volume um, levels. We're going to talk more about kidneys, and you mentioned kidney transplants. 
I, I want to talk about some of the cross-species transplants that we see coming, uh, both with the heart valves and, and hearts themselves. Have we gotten to a point now where we can grow a kidney in a pig and transplant that into a human? All that and more coming your way on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and our special guest, Dr. Richard Viafana. He's a medical director at WellMed. You're listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. Think you don't have the time or money to schedule a mammogram? Not true. WellMed reminds you that screening early only takes a few minutes, and it could save your life. Mammograms often help doctors detect breast cancer up to three years before any physical symptoms, such as lumps, appear. Also, because a mammogram is preventive care, it may be available at no cost to you. Don't have transportation? Check your plan. You may be able to get a free ride to and from your appointment. Why wait? Call WellMed at 1-855-296-3257 to schedule your mammogram today. So how often do you think about your kidneys, how they work and when they don't work and how you're affecting them? We're talking about kidney health today on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and our special guest, Dr. Richard Viafana, a well-med medical director. And we're talking about kidney health. And uh, I, I didn't mean to throw a curveball at you, uh, Dr. Viafana, but there's so much talk about uh, growing organs in other species to transplant into humans. Let's talk first about human kidney transplants. They've been going on for quite a while now. And you mentioned your niece has had two kidney transplants. They're pretty successful, are they not? Yes, they are. But obviously, the closer that the kidney donor is to the uh, recipient's DNA patterns, then the more likely that uh, the transplant will be successful and be long-lasting. Because our body uh, uh, is trained to go after anything that is put in the body that's foreign to it. That is correct, right. And uh, the kidney uh, specialists will give uh, the kidney transplant patients medications to help retard and slow down uh, any um, kidney rejection from um, the recipient's body. And Dr. Perry, do you have any patients who've had transplants? Oh, I have several patients that have kidney transplants. I mean, um, Thankfully, that's one of the more common transplants, and the success rate is fairly high with them. So, and the results of these transplants has been a combination of uncontrolled diabetes, and the other probably one third have actually been genetic disorders like the, the IgA nephropathy we talked about, where the patient's own body attacked their kidneys, and they, unfortunately, they had to get a, a kidney from a donor. And won't the body then attack that new kidney the same way it attacked the old one? Just like Dr. Via, um, Fauna alluded to, we give immunosuppressive drugs so to, to, to kind of suppress that same mechanism that would attack the kidney. And for those who have had a kidney transplant, uh, is that usually just one or do they transplant two kidneys into you? Just one. Yeah, I've never heard of a double kidney yeah, transplant. Yeah, it's just one. Yeah. Uh, and, and is the other one then deactivated? Well, I was going to, yeah, so, so the, that one kidney kind of compensates for it. And remember, we talked about that glomerular filtration rate before that speed or that rate ideal um, is, is up in the 80, 90 
rate range, but you can live and function just fine when that, that GFR is right about 60. Now, we want it better than that, but it's not going to really make a difference in your lifestyle. So that's what we see with these patients. Their GFR is depressed, more depressed than we want to see with a patient that has two kidneys, but still livable. This is not a case where less is more. With your kidneys, more is more. We want both of them, but if we can't get both of them, we'll definitely take one of them. And then how much if lifestyle is what affected your kidney, if you don't change your lifestyle, are you not putting your new kidney at risk? Most certainly. So if you go, if it was from diabetes or high blood pressure and you don't address those issues, then once again, you're putting your new kidney at risk. And Dr. Viafana, for uh, those who are concerned about getting a kidney transplant, uh, how do you go about finding somebody? Well, uh, once the patient has reached a certain level of um, impairment, the kidney doctor will uh, take into consideration their age, uh, any coexisting conditions, and see if they think they would be a good candidate to um, consider a kidney transplant. If the patient and the doctor agree that that's something that they want to pursue, then they will go to a, I'm not sure what the right word is, but kind of like a repository of uh, patients or a listing of patients who were eligible for kidney transplants. And they will start to do genetic markers um, to see exactly what the patterns are. And then they get put on a list to see um, who can most closely match the genetic patterns that would um, indicate a good candidate to receive a kidney uh, transplant. I've got a good friend who had a kidney transplant He'd undergone dialysis for several years uh, and, and brought up an issue that uh, was new to him. And, and obviously, I hadn't thought about after he got the transplant, he had to teach the kidney how to work because he'd had dialysis for so long. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. My, my uh, niece, as far as I know, she um, after each transplant, um, her kidneys were working well after both of them. And I'm not sure if she had any kind of uh, training period. There may have been um, some uh, closely watched um, period where they made sure that the uh, fluid balances were correct, that she wasn't getting too many fluids sure. uh, to overwork the uh, new, newly transplanted kidneys. And of course, uh, make sure that they can tolerate the immunosuppressive uh, drugs that Dr. Perry mentioned. Go ahead, Dr. Perry. No, I said what's, what's reasonable to, to, to assume in that situation, too, is he might have had to reteach his body how to go through the normal urination process because he had done that for a long time, like to relearn. This is a signal to use the bathroom. This is when I have to go. You know what I mean? Because, right. you know, Dallas is a totally different beast than us going to the bathroom like we normally do. So, Dr. Viafana, let, let's go to the other side and talk a bit about kidney health and what we can do to keep our kidneys healthy. Are there foods that we should avoid? Are there foods that uh, we ought to glom onto? I'm a big believer in eating a lot of broccoli because I think it's good for everything. Are, are there foods that uh, may promote kidney health? I will, I'm not sure if there's foods that would promote kidney health. I can tell you that there are foods that are de deleterious to kidney health, and that would be um, excessive amounts of sodium, sodium consumption. Uh, sodium makes uh, the body hang on to fluids, which makes the kidneys have to work overtime. Uh, so I would think that one of the most important dietary things that people can do is, is make sure they watch 
their sodium intake, their salt intake for, you know, the, in layman's terms uh, to make sure. A, yeah. And so go ahead. Is there a milligram level we ought to look at in terms of salt intake under 1200 milligrams or something? Yeah, I believe that you should not have more than 1000 milligrams a day. I think Dr. Perry, do you know uh, if no. there is a recommended level? Ceiling? No. No, I don't think that's a recommended. I think you guys are both right. It's between that 1,000 to 1,500 range. However, comma, you know, you, you do want to kind of cater that to the person itself. So if you're a person who has hypertension, we, you might want to stay on the 500 end. You know, you might want to be a little bit lower. Um, most certainly, we wouldn't recommend an overload of salt. Your body, your tongue is supposed to give you a signal when that salt is no, no longer tastes well. But I don't think mine works because <laughs> <laughs> I, I like salt. Well, the other uh, thing is uh, salt is in so many foods that we may not even think about. And the big one for me was, well, bread isn't good for you anyhow because of carbohydrates. Turns out bread's got a lot of salt. Mm -hmm. yeah, so do, yeah, so do soft drinks. Uh, and I don't think people realize how much sodium is in soft drinks. Wow. And bagels. That's a terrible thing to do to me. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, you know, you might take a look and at the uh, can, uh, the, read the ingredients label. On, uh, you read the label, there are some soups on, on the market that have oh as gosh. many as you know, seven, 800 milligrams of sodium. Wow. Per serving. Now, when I was per a serving, kid, yeah. when I was a kid growing up, every table had a salt shaker and everyone at our table growing up salted everything before we tasted it. Yeah, I must say that I did that too as a kid. And I try to control that now. It's a habit that I had to break uh, to try to cut down on salt. And, and I will tell you, as someone who tries to reduce salt, you can, Dr. Perry, taste the difference once you retrain that tongue. So, yes, I'm going to start the retraining process today. After <laughs> yeah, after you're lunch. back into that. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things that we have discovered in almost every show we've done on Docs in a Pod is that diet. And exercise is the key to everything. Can exercise help kidney health? And most certainly exercise can help uh, uh, kidney health because actually uh, if you have good exercise tolerance, that helps to lower blood pressure, which in turn, of course, helps to lower uh, the risk of kidney damage. So yes, exercise is important. So we're back, Dr. Perry, to 30 minutes a day, three days a week. Five, five Ron. You tried to eliminate two of them on me five days a week. <laughs> so that would be five days a week. Yes. So 150 oh. minutes a week. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Five times 30 would be 150. That's right. And it doesn't and, have to, you know, you, you don't need like, you, you don't have to join a fancy gym and you don't have to buy fancy workout clothes, really walking at a moderate to vigorous pace, like three, three and a half miles per hour. It's like walking your dog. That would be sufficient. Well, my dog is old and slow. Oh, okay. Well, you keep <laughs> walking a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you mentioned uh, you don't need to go to a gym. Uh, that's really true. You can get exercise almost wherever you live in any way you want. But if you are uh, a member of some of the Medicare Advantage plans, yes. uh, you, you get silver sneakers paid for, which is a gym membership. Yes, please utilize that. And in fact, the last time that I checked, you actually got so many of it. Uh, sessions with a trainer included, at least to help you use equipment properly and to put you on a pathway. Utilize that, y'all. Free is always good. Utilize it. <laughs> Free is good. Yes. So Dr. Dr. Villafana, before we run out of time, let's come back to the very beginning and talk about the things we should worry about 
with our kidneys? Well, of course, um, as we've covered, um, just good healthy habits, getting enough sleep every night, making sure you watch your diet, making sure you get enough exercise, see your doctor and have them check you for those diseases that we've been calling the silent killers, which is elevated blood pressure, diabetes, uh, autoimmune diseases, most of the time have, have uh, symptoms, but sometimes they don't. So um, maintaining overall good health, um, seeing your doctor and listening to what your doctor says. Uh, and following their directions. Those are the things that people can do uh, to help uh, maintain healthy kidneys. Is there a target number for sleep? How many hours a night? I think the, uh, the uh, recommendation is anywhere from seven to uh, eight hours of sleep per night is I think the sweet spot. That's correct. Yeah. And can you get that number breaking it up into an hour nap here and an hour nap there? Uh, no, unfortunately, you can't. It's not yeah. cumulative. It's not uh, fragmented sleep is probably worse than no sleep. Really? So, yeah. So um, it's better if you if you do that, you know, all at once, you know, go to bed at a decent time, wake up and try to get those seven and eight hours together. Well, I'm going to make that a habit. I appreciate you being with us, Dr. Richard Viafana, a WellMed medical director. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate it. You're welcome. One last thing I'd like to say before we go, and it's on a personal level. I have diabetes and I have been able to maintain good kidney function for over 15 years. So it can be done. It can be done. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, you're welcome. And for Dr. Tamika Perry, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker, and associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.